Hello and welcome to a podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and on the line is my co-host, Nick, and a special guest from the Go Postal podcast. You've heard her here before when we talked about online dating. Carla, how you guys doing? Hey, you doing awesome. Yeah, doing great. All right, so this is an interesting episode. We're actually doing a crossover with Go Postal. So if you don't like the way we put it together, go over to Go Postal and listen to it again on their feed because uh, we both posted it and actually just listen to it on both anyways because it's great either way. Exactly. And today we are talking about obscure sports. Yes, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to hear you guys' sports. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'm ready to hear what y'all got. We uh we each picked a sport, and then um after we each go through our sport, kind of the history, where it's played, world records, those types of things, we're going to um dip into a little bit of Carla's format from the Go Postal podcast, and she's going to do some boobs, 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 booze, and bizarre. So uh, we got a great show, lots of obscure sports to talk about. I'm going to get us kicked off with the sport of Oddle Oddle. Has anyone heard of that? I have heard of that. The old Oddle Oddle. Oh. Yes. You probably have heard about it. You probably studied the uh, the sling throwing for your uh, story you're talking about, you're telling. I may have looked at it once or twice. I, I, do, I don't remember <laughs> Seems exactly. Seems like it's coming handy in that world. Kevin, how that do you, is or a Calvin, fantastic how do you, point. How do you spell that? It's A-T-L-A-T-L. All one word. Yeah, I remember working on something uh, in a museum that called an atlatl, and it's like an ancient tool that was used by... Uh, indigenous peoples in north america so it's i'm curious to see how that plays into a sport i'm very excited yeah yeah so the the otl otl and you're pronouncing it wrong that's why you couldn't find oh, it fair. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you suck <laughs> um so it's it, it is like you said it, it was a tool used for throwing spears it's like this sling type of thing it's got a hook on one end and then it's just kind of like a long shaft and uh you stick the spear into it and you kind of throw it and um so that obviously grew into a game where people aim at targets or try to throw it long distances it's kind of similar to javelin a little bit it's like javelin mixed with archery um and there's still uh competitions that go over go on all over the world it's uh it's a pretty cool thing uh so they they set up targets at different distances from the firing line to you know test to see who can throw the farthest and also they they kind of have accuracy based contests um Sometimes the target will be like your generic bullseye. Other times it'll be shaped like wild animals and you get more points for hitting different parts of the animal, things like that. Um, so there's, and then there's some modern competitions where the contestants, they'll each throw 10 times at a bullseye target and whoever obviously gets the highest points wins that uh, competition. That sounds awesome. You know, so I, it yeah, sounds like they, they it could survive in, in the wilderness if they had to. Like, it's derived from from survival skills. Yeah, you take yeah, out some big the, game. Yeah, that'd be one way to take it down. I mean, a, a gun would probably be easier, but <laughs> out here if you needed to, you could use this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder if, you know, since it was pioneered by indigenous people, like when you play, you're just like, oh, oh I like fire. You know, you just go back to your caveman instincts whenever you're out there target shooting <laughs> with an adult. I could see that happening. If if you try it out, please let me know because I mean I always want to get in touch with my inner caveman. He's pretty <laughs> sweet. There is a there is a website, the uh, worldoddleoddle.org, 
Um, so that and that has all the uh, the upcoming competitions, gives you a little background on the games, how it's played today, all kinds of stuff. So it's worldatlatl.org. All kinds of information there. Check it out. Um, it was the autolotl as a tool was popular. It's a it's an Aztec word, and it was a weapon used for hunting, as we've talked about, like as early as the 16th century. But now there's mostly competitions um, in the U.S. and Europe and Australia. And um, even some U.S. colleges have teams. Uh, the, the ones I could find are Grinnell College, Pierce University, Alfred University, and the University of Vermont. So if uh, anybody listening goes to any of those colleges, <laughs> shout out, go join the Auto Auto team. I was yeah, going to say, there's a reason no one's ever heard of those. Because they have a lot of teams, except for University of Vermont, which, by the way, I was going to say does, University of Vermont's pretty pretty solid school, but it does not have a uh, a football team. I don't know if you knew that. They do not. They yeah, really? it's the only the one. They have an adult adult team and not a football team. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live right near Burlington, so I, I have an unruly amount of University of Vermont uh, knowledge. So I did know <laughs> that they don't have a football team. Well, I feel like they're the out here. Uh, so I try to look up like world records or best teams, anything like that. There's, there's not a lot of information. Uh, there is a international standard accuracy competition, which uh, that was established in 1996. And that kind of standardized the rules and events for adult adults. Um, the top players, I couldn't find any names of top players, but they can hit targets from up to 325 feet away. That's a hundred meters for, Jesus. uh, anybody who doesn't live in the U S and uh, there have been some throws that have been recorded almost 850 feet or 260 meters. Jesus! Oh my God! Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of awestruck like there. I'd like to see Pat Mahomes throwing out a lot. Yeah, that's the new world he's, record he's right there. That'll never <laughs> yeah. be broken. He just throws it to the moon, fucks up the orbit, <laughs> starts orbiting the uh, Earth. <laughs> So we want to talk a little bit about why I chose it. Um, I, I chose this sport pretty much. So I have this book and uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier that I got from an ex-girlfriend and um, it's just a book of pretty much every sport ever created. And I kind of just opened it to a page and this was on that page. So I, I chose it. It had, a, it had a fun name, you know, and um, I, I just thought it was cool. I, I always like target sports. It's fun to, to see people get good at target sports because that is an insane amount of training to get yourself uh -huh. to hit something that small. And then I feel like target sports always lend themselves great to trick shots. So I haven't looked into it yet, but I'm sure there's a great trick shot community around the auto auto world. <laughs> Throwing it between your legs real quick. That, oh that's God, exactly what I was picturing. Like over your, like backwards over your shoulder. That just <laughs> sounds like a recipe for extreme pain and disaster. <laughs> Yeah, you got to do it on a really open field, I would think. You can't have a lot of spectators around. <laughs> do the jumping 360 auto auto. We'll see what happens. Yeah, like it can't be worse than this year's dunk contest. You know, I was I was reading your uh, live Twitter feed, of, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I'm really glad I did not watch that this year. Yeah, it's it a good skip yeah. on your part. All right, Carla, what sport did you pick? Okay. I've been waiting all day, actually, for like two weeks to hear. <laughs> um, I, I chose a very serious sport called Extreme Ironing. Dang. Ooh, I've heard of ironing before. <laughs> uh, it was, there was, Never there was done a few it, options. Yeah, there's a few wild. options that I'm like, hmm, do I want to do extreme ironing or chess boxing? But I feel like more people know about chess boxing. So I went with I've this. never heard of either of these. 
I am so, so excited to hear this one's good. <laughs> so it's actually pretty simple. Essentially, you have to iron a shirt in an extreme location. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll explain a little bit further. So today... I went to Wikipedia, and the first picture on Wikipedia is a dude standing on top of a very thin rock uh, formation. Uh-huh. Yep, that is a thing. <laughs> So thanks for this shit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll yeah, I, I will <laughs> let you know. Yeah, we need some background info on this. <laughs> okay, so well the today the Extreme Ironing Bureau Bureau defines the sport as a combination of the thrill of an extreme outdoor activity with the satisfaction of a well pressed shirt. <laughs> yep. I've I've never been that satisfied with a well for like I'm good just pulling it out of the dryer and putting it on. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> uh, the rules at the Extreme Ironing World Champion um, Championship state that the actual ironing does count uh, in these competitions. Ironists, ironists, uh, the Phil by Phil Shaw, the creator of the sport, wrote in his book, are sometimes so absorbed in getting themselves into some sort of awkward or dangerous situation with their ironing board that they forget the main reason that they are there in the first place. To rid their clothing of creases and wrinkles. So, the quality of the pressing counts for 60 of 120 points, style counts for 40 points, and speed for 20. So, that is how it is rated. Uh, how? Where does the judge go? Because, like, in this picture, there's there's no one else around except this guy on top of the rock. Well, uh, and obviously there's a, a shot uh, or a picture of it, but... Now, this was at the championship, so that that's how it was actually judged um i feel like this is almost like planking where there's no real rules about when you do it individually but when it's at a championship there are specific rules so where it's most popular extreme ironing clearly has been done all over the world it did start in leicester england by phil shaw in 1997 so he was bored of ironing his shirts inside so he took his ironing outside. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it can get dull. Uh, so he took his ironing outside to his back garden. His roommate asked uh, Phil what the heck he was doing, and Phil replied, extreme ironing. Thus, the sport was born. Also known as EI yes. in some regions. Yes, EI. Very, that, that was my clever abbreviation. Yeah, that was my, my... EI, bro. You out here, EI? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was literally my next sentence was, quote-unquote, EI enthusiasts have taken it everywhere from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, South Africa, Japan, Shit. Croatia, Chile, the Black Forest of Germany, the French Alps, Times Square, Mount Rushmore, and even the depths of the ocean. Yes, there has been underwater extreme ironing. Huh. I feel like this is going to run itself full circle someday, and the extreme ironers are just going to be, like, in their house while their wife yells at them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll be like, actually, I think I really liked Mount Kilimanjaro better. It was quieter. Yeah, it was way nicer. It was a lot there. easier to do this underwater. It was quiet down there. Yes. Better view. Uh, oh, okay. Wife's really let herself go. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> So a few other uh, other extreme locations include the top of a tree, a rock climbing wall, and in a fast-moving canoe. Now, whenever <laughs> possible... I feel like the tree would be the hardest. There's not a good ground for the... And where is this tree located? Is it Africa and you got, like, you know, monkeys kind of swinging at you? <laughs> so oak? Many, yeah. Is it a pine? Is it, is it in the middle of summer? Is it, you know, palm, have palm no tree? leaves? Yeah. They're, they need more like? information cool. about this. Uh, so whenever possible, irons uh, are plugged into a nearby outlet for several minutes, then unplugged when the activity begins. 
cordless irons are also used, but they are a last resort because they don't yeah, get like as hot get as the real battery thing. Battery powered iron. Yeah, yeah. So it's the cordless ones. Yeah, battery powered. Uh, but it's even been said that people will lug along uh, generators so that they could plug in their iron. I mean, you know, I really don't like ironing in the first place, and I'm not a big, you know, mountain climber. So the thought of doing chores and climbing up a mountain just sounds like hell. Yeah, that's two. That's adding two things together that I don't enjoy. I'm I'm with you there. I don't want to climb a mountain. I don't want to iron my shirts. <laughs> I'm I'm out on EI. Yep. I'll I'll do the mountain climbing, but I'm. Why would you ruin it with ironing while you're out there? <laughs> I just want to yeah. sit and do nothing. Take in your scenic views. Have a good hike. Like you don't need to bring around chores. I mean, I really got to iron my that... my work shirt on Monday. Well, plus you got to bring your generator with you just to have enough power. Like that. That's not worth it. No, no, yeah, definitely not. Generators are big. And not so, good for the environment. No, but mostly not good yeah. for your sanity. Um, so world <laughs> record holders and best teams, these kind of exist. So the first and only so far extreme ironing world championship was held in Germany in 2002 and was judged by a white-gloved panel of German homemakers. Uh, they said a second world championship could come soon. Because uh, Phil Shaw's like coming out I of retirement. Yeah. yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> uh, Eighty teams from Is it televised. I've, I would hope so. It's, it's like on... I feel like it'd be on the Travel Channel or something. Yeah, that or ESPN Ocho. <laughs> e Ocho. <laughs> What's up, Cotton? <laughs> uh, so eighty teams from ten countries competed on an obstacle course. This is where the rules come in. The official rules: arrayed in the shape of an iron pressing boxer shorts and blouses while scaling a climbing wall, hanging from a moss-covered tree branch, and squeezing under the hood of a car. So Phil Shaw, who is the creator of the sport, and his team won the championship, surprise, surprise, and a German competitor also won a gold gold medal. So, yeah, that's... That's how they they do it, and so I guess world records, you know, depends on that those style points, uh, speed and neatness. So you know, if you really pay attention to those collars and those cuffs, man, you're set. You're set. So so you gotta get the uh, T section on the back too. That's the hardest part. Learned that in seventh grade. (laughs) Shout out home ec teacher. I don't remember your name. (laughs) They'd be proud right now. They'd be really proud. Yeah. They're like, yes. Haven't ironed a shirt since. Uh, So why did I choose it? Because these people are insane and they love doing something so ridiculous and they do take their sport very seriously. So I do have. Yeah, it really sounds like. Yeah, well, just wait. This Phil Shaw guy, he is above and beyond. So here's a quote for him. Our aim is to have the level of recognition that it becomes an Olympic sport. If you can have synchronized (laughs) swimming and curling, I think extreme ironing has as much to offer. It would be the first Olympic sport in which the athletes did not use their real names. In order to uh, avoid the ridicule of our peers, Shaw said, uh, him and his compadres adopt pseudonyms. And he did write a how-to book, Extreme Ironing. So Mr. Shaw is called Steam. Others are Cool Silk, (laughs) Iron Mike, F.E., the chemical symbol for iron, Jeremy Irons and Iron Lung. I like that one. Yeah, Let, oh, let's those face are it. All priceless. They all sound a bit like you're, porn you're names. Still I'm not gonna lie. By your friends, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, they they definitely sound like porn star names for sure. 
Like, oh. if you didn't want to be ridiculed by your friends, like, maybe don't make up a sport where ironing is the, <laughs> is the objective yeah, sure. game of it. And don't ask me to call you Steam. <laughs> you'll never hear Yeah, I'm going to make fun of you more for being called Steam than for ironing on top of a tree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cool silk I... isn't bad. Cool silk isn't bad. I think I could take Sounds that Sounds like one. a jazz musician. Yeah. Boom. Yep. Name. I call it Team. <laughs> you got it. It's all yours. I don't think anybody's going to... These guys aren't fighting you over anything, that's for sure. I hope not. I'm scared now. I'm just going to show up to my door and just going to iron my shirt real quick and leave. (laughs) What do you think now, bro? You know, you you could create extreme um, ironing with with the Mormons. Like, when they come, just be like, can I iron your shirt for you? And just do it right there. Now, that's a whole new thing, like getting to iron someone else's shirt. You know, those shirts... While it's on them. (laughs) (laughs) This may hurt a little bit. You said it not me. <laughs> you can do that without burning them. You win. Oh man, you just took took it to a whole nother level. So I did have That'll be uh-huh. That'll be part of the Olympics. Once it gets in the Olympics, you'll have to be doing that. Oh man. It's be all the rage. Uh so I do have a notable mention, um, because I did live in the UK for a couple of years and I did meet some people who uh knew other people who did this. So it's the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake. And this is an annual event. Uh, Jesus, if I could speak tonight, an annual event held on the Spring Bank, Bank holiday at Cooper's Hill, Hill near Gloucester in England. So what they do is, from the top of the hill, a seven to nine pound round of double Gloucester cheese, which is freaking delicious, is sent rolling down the hill, and competitors essentially hurl themselves down the hill after it. Uh, the first person over the finish line at the bottom of the hill wins the cheese. The competitors are aiming to catch the cheese. However, it has a one-second head start and can reach speeds up to 70 miles per hour. And if you get the opportunity, watch a YouTube video on this because it is the most hilarious thing you will ever see. God, that's tossing people like ragdolls who get stuck with that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) People willingly do it. They come from all over the world to do this. So uh, I just just had to mention that because it's it's pretty awesome. I just couldn't do an entire segment on it. Chase a little cheese or a real cheese down a hill. <laughs> I think they did that on the Amazing Race one time. That sounds amazing, racy. It, yeah. it wasn't pretty. No, <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Well, Calvin, do you have one for us? Or no, Calvin, Nick, sorry. Talk. Sorry. it's Nick's turn. Sorry, it's Nick. my turn. See, that's um, what I get for writing this down and then switching it on me. Oh my! That my. it was Nick's fault. He was too scared to go first. <laughs> God, <laughs> so mean. Okay. Um. My obscure sport that I chose is high lie, high a lie, um, J A I A L A I. I think I'm too, you know, I'm too uh, midwestern to say it right, and that's all right. Um, but it's an interesting game that kind of adds a little. It's not as extreme as extreme ironing, but you can die playing it. So I think you know that definitely puts it a little below. Uh. It's played in a round robin format on a court with three sides. Um, so you got it left, front, and back. If a ball touches the floor outside of these boundaries, it is considered out. Um, I I don't think I'd really like to play it because these teams are huge. So just imagine you got to switch off all the time. It's like giving up the sticks when you got the hot hand at a Mario Kart. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They have it um, down in South Florida where I live. There are plenty I've of high like courts uh i've never been to one but i want to and you can, like go and bet on these things too it's, yeah it's yeah crazy. yeah it's a uh, it's something where it kind of i mean it's been around since the 14th century so it's been Ooh. around forever 
Um, and I guess the rules have relative, you know, have been relatively the same the whole time. Which for a game where you essentially throw a ball at a wall, it's a pretty complicated. Um, you know, first to seven points wins, which I guess is easy, but it's getting there. Um, if you fail to serve the serve the ball directly at the front of the wall, um, if you somehow miss this big wall, I guess you get a point. Um, if someone doesn't rebound it, like your team doesn't rebound it when they throw it back at you, you lose a point. Um, if you hold or juggle the ball in this big basket thing that you have on your arm, uh, you lose a point. If uh, you interfere with someone else, you lose a point. So I guess it's really easy to lose a point, which I would I would lose 50 points before I scored one. Because you got this little curved banana looking basket on your right hand, which I guess it always has to be played with on the right hand. And you're throwing a ball made of metal wire wrapped in goat skin at oh a wall. God. Yeah, I mean, so imagine like a metal, you know, a metal, a metal wire ball wrapped in goat skin being thrown at a concrete barrier with uh, it's like horizontal lines that you have to make it inside a certain line. It's really like extreme wall ball. Exactly. <laughs> uh, death ball. Except people die. Yeah, yeah. big time. Um, so basically the name of the game is to catch it on the rebound in one fluid motion with no delay. So if you don't, uh, you're basically fucked. <laughs> um, it's, it's really popular in the Philippines. And as Calvin has said, it's also popular in Florida. Um, one of the reasons it is so popular is because you can bet on it. Um, and f- people from Florida are fucked up. They'll bet on anything. <laughs> I said it. Yeah, we're weird. Hey, dude, I'm from Illinois. We're super weird. We put cheese on everything. That, there's nothing wrong with see, that. But that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Corn, corn. I mean, there's a lot of corn. I like to think it. of myself from Wisconsin, so I, I agree that cheese is great on everything. Cheese is pretty, pretty good on everything. Um, but So, yeah, it's good to know that they like cheese down in Florida, along with Highline. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's something where I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'd really play it. And this was also a sport where it's pretty hard to find anyone with, uh, you know, world records or that really was on a best team. Um, there's Victor Valcarque. I don't know. Uh, but he's also kind of in the same vein as the uh, president of the Bureau of Extreme Ironing because he's the president of the American Highlight Foundation. Um, there was also this guy who was just named Randy, and it's all capital letters everywhere I found it, so maybe, <laughs> Randy! <laughs> it remind, no, it reminds me of the uh, Aziz Ansari character from um, Funny People. He was Randy with eight A's. Randy. If you've never seen Trailer Park Boys, uh, the character Randy on that is also, that's who I think of when I hear anyone named Randy. Um <laughs> He's a big shirtless fat guy who. <laughs> a lot of great Randys out there. Yeah. I think we're finding out. Yeah. I, I mean, I might change my name to Randy. But that sounds That's weird. Randy Richardson. Huh. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good Good advice. I'd, I'd say that's pretty sound. I couldn't put that on anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was the first American to turn pro like back in the 60s. So overall, highlight is pretty much an amateur sport. So someone like Calvin could walk in there, challenge someone else, and you know, game and on. die. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I don't. Harder. I don't believe Calvin would die. You know, uh, I think he would be 
one of the greatest Wait, why am of I all the time. Volunteered to do this because <laughs> you're already you're already there, bro. I could, I would have to fly <laughs> down there, and it's a big hassle and wait lines. I don't even know if I'd want to play. I mean, I got a couch there. for you to stay on if if you need somewhere to stay while you go play highlight. I mean, you uh, I mean, I can't sleep to, my back. To I, Florida, I can't sleep my uh, <laughs> there's bugs the size of my head there, and snakes. I think I'll pass. Thanks. <laughs> I live in Nashville. That even that's a bit much for me. Yeah, you got some it's crap over there too. Just gotta watch out for alligators. So I will punch an alligator in the face. <laughs> Don't do that. that. That is a very that's a worse idea than trying to play highlight. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm. I think I could run away from an alligator now. Highlight ball. You could going run like away a... from one. Not not if you punch it in the face. You couldn't. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty quick, man. They're like bears. They'll It'll scoot. snap your arm off before you can even think. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever watch Archer, but I want to say in one of the episodes, love that show. Wasn't there like an assassin that was trying to take out Archer, and he played highlight, and he was just like I, he's a deadly assassin because he plays this game. I swear, I don't know. I will. I, sounds I, about I right. do not. Yeah, that sounds Archer esque. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I didn't catch it first on Archer. I imagine that was probably a lot of people's first introduction to highlight. I actually saw it on Jackass, like way back in the day. <gasps> That's where and, I saw it on. I'm like, I've seen right? this. And you just saw. Have you seen it, Calvin? No, I haven't. But oh. that sounds like something the Jackasses would partake in. Dude, it looks like it hurts so bad, and they use fruit. So like, Steve-O catches an oh. orange in the leg, and I swear to God, it looks like he got shot. Like <laughs> he just it blows out from under him, and he is on the ground. And as a you know younger male i was just like holy shit that was wild you know i was super into it and growing up i kind of you know i had an affinity for combat sports uh, football wrestling uh you know karate um and it just looked like a ton of fun because it's like oh shit you know i get to throw this big heavy ball at people until i watched the end of the episode of jackass and then i was like i would i'm good i don't want to do that yeah um didn't weren't they like aiming for specific parts of the Neil anatomy in that or were they just like hoping to get hit by it and hope that they, they don't were, get hit there <laughs> i they actually turned around um so their face so they can't see the ball incoming which i think would be even worse yeah and they just kind of stuck their butts out like they're trying to you know pick someone up on the vegas strip <laughs> and these guys were amateurs apparently but i mean they were like little assassins with an orange in a basket and it's like oh my god i don't i'm good i'm good feels like prison <laughs> calvin you should really so. watch that episode <laughs> now i'm good well i've never actually been to prison but i did watch the wire so i know everything yeah, there is exactly. to know about yeah. prison that's got, yeah that's it it's the exact same thing I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm good. And that's, uh... Carla, what are the uh, BBBs? Yeah, I would... Okay, so I chose to do BBBs from Sydney, Australia, because these people are nuts, and they like... Oh, man, anything associated with uh, sports with this place is pretty bonkers, so... I got some fun. Anything associated with anything in Australia is bonkers. It is. It's almost as bad as Florida, but, you know, we won't go there. Um, so, and a, and a lot of my, uh, boobs, booze and bizarre, Nick, I uh, tried to include some strange laws from these places. So for our boobs section, uh, I'll start out with, um, the Olympics. There was an order for an extra 20,000 condoms that had to be placed after running out of the initial 70,000. Holy 
during the 2000 Sydney Games for the athletes. Since then, an order of 100,000 condoms is the norm. Those people that is are a getting down. Shitload of condoms. That's a lot oh my of God. condoms. Uh, the ink- that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a lot of sex. I mean, there's going to be some really athletic babies born nine months after that. How can uh, anyone even do the sports afterwards? Well, there won't be so babies tired. born, though, because they had the enough condoms. condoms. Well, I, things happen. Stuff breaks. Way to be responsible, Olympic athletes. <laughs> that, is true. <laughs> that is true. Now, does it have the logo on them? That's what I'm curious about. Oh, I need to know this. Or do they come in? Do you get gold, silver, and bronze condoms? <laughs> <laughs> and all- Like, the woman demotes you if you're not good. You start off with gold, oh. but you get demoted as you move through the lines. I was oh, gonna say so it makes you wonder if like uh you know, everybody goes for the, the gold ones and then all these bronze and silver ones are left over, or if it's the other way around, like mm, nobody gets the gold standard, sorry guys. I think I think grabbing the gold one would be a lot to live up to. Like you'd you'd really have to bring your A game and I feel like the Olympic athletes probably don't want to bring their A game for their nightly activities. <laughs> they want to save that for on the uh yeah, I, don't, I, don't I mean, those Olympic athletes, there's a lot of really fine people out there. And also, do they wear the wrappers around their, their necks like the medals themselves? Or they're like, boom, I'm gold medal, son. How do you like me now? Like the yogurt lids from the office? Exactly, the exactly. The clips. You just see Sean White walking around with like six bronze. What's up? Everybody's like, fuck off, Sean. We're sick of you. I think they're like that anyways with Sean White. Probably. <laughs> like, he seems like he's an annoying dude after, like, the first half hour you're hanging out with him. Right. First 12 minutes, you're like, man, get... Ugh. I mean, Sean White, if you want to come on the show, we'd be happy to have you, but... Yeah. For only a half hour. Annoying. Only a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Sean White roast days. coming soon. <laughs> uh, so, the English founder of the city named it uh, Manly Beach, as he was impressed by the manly behavior of the local indigenous people. Way to go. Yep. Uh, points for originality. Too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the Gold Coast, it is illegal for women to wear a bikini whose material does not exceed six square inches. Goodbye, Brazilian bikini bottoms. So, note to self, don't go to the Gold Coast. That's a shame. Uh, that is, if the, supposedly, supposedly. Now, the, some of these laws, there's rumors that they still exist. Or that they're still on the books, but they may not all be true. But at one point, there was something associated with these. So if a urinal is not readily available, it is legal to urinate on the rear left tire of your vehicle. What about the right tire? Am I good there? Nope. Nope. Just the left. It's, it's less offensive. Like, hey, it's, uh, you better switch it up. How, what, how much for- is the fine is my question. Oh, that's it. I don't know. Like, Watch I don't it be know like seven thousand dollars. Like, yeah. Son of a bitch! Don't ever let me catch you peeing on your right tire instead of left. That is very disrespectful. How dare you? Got uh, you, buddy. So that does uh, conclude our boob section for our booze. While playing cricket for Australia, David Boone is said to have consumed fifty-two cans of beer on a flight from Sydney to London in nineteen eighty-nine. You just pretty much That's have to true. stay Wade in Boggs. the bathroom. Wade Boggs. I don't know where I got Lou. I don't know who Lou Boggs is, but Wade Boggs drank a lot on an airplane. Yeah, Wade Boggs. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's right. But what did you say? 52 beers? That's still uh-huh. a lot of beer. Like, ugh. God, you'd be so full. I don't even know. <laughs> I just roll around everywhere. <laughs> I would just be in the bathroom the whole time. I'd be like, well, 
drank another one, have to go pee again. Get really just, dehydrated over yeah, here. Like, yeah, like, you'd definitely be just flying in that tiny-ass bathroom <laughs> on the plane. I don't, Open the door, like call out to it. the stewardess. <laughs> another one, ma'am. Need another one. <laughs> uh, God, you'd be so drunk. In 1954, Bob Hawk was immortalized by the Guinness Book of uh, Records for drinking two and a half pints of beer in 11 seconds. Bob later oh. became the Prime Minister of Australia. Noise. That is yeah. cash money right there. I I think, yeah, that that's the best way you're going to get um, elected in Australia, is by drinking more than everybody else. And also, if you can fight a kangaroo, that probably helps. Yes. If, that's true. Do you think if uh, Foster's, do you think Foster's was the beer? I don't know if I'd want to. I hope so. Foster's it's is not dope. actually Australian. Oh, but it's good though. Makes me feel Australian. It. Oh, I, it's delicious. I I I don't know if we can be friends with it. This stuff is awful. It's terrible. What? I've it's heard cool. it's bad. Y'all are crazy. But oh. I, do, okay, answer me this: Do y'all do you all ask for IPAs on tap whenever you go to a restaurant? No, gross. Uh, I straight. I drink straight Miller Lite. All right, then That's we're it. cool, man. We're cool. Yeah, no IPAs are awful. I'm a I'm a I'm a wheat beer person. What can I say? When you're from Milwaukee, you only drink Miller Lite. Um, that's the only thing they have. Uh, that's, I guess it floated down to Chicago because that's all you can get within like 50 miles. I swear to God. Dear Lord. Yeah, that's true. Thank God I'm from Denver, the craft beer capital of the world. Eh. Also Coors. Coors is pretty good. It's can disgusting. we just not talk about that? It's <laughs> a try to that beer. I, it's not good. I, I, think, uh, I think our craft beer is in response to, uh, to Coors. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the longest line of pizza. So Foster, hold oh. on, I gotta follow up on Foster. <laughs> it's created by two Irish American brothers uh, who arrived in Melbourne from New York in 1886. So I guess it was created in Australia, but they were not Australian. Man, it so counts. I don't know what. I don't. Yeah, I don't know who that helps. It's Australian for beer, bro. So I mean, we already know. That's what the commercial says. <laughs> I believe. Coors it. is also a banquet beer, so I mean, they're allowed to fib just a wee bit. <laughs> a lot of hev- heavy lifting going on in um with adjectives in beer commercials. <laughs> Our beer sucks, I'm but sp- we'll make it sound good. Yeah, we'll make it sound fancy as shit. Yeah, that's right. Bud Light Orange. Ugh. Gross. Uh, <laughs> we can all agree that Bud Light's the worst, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. But how about right, how about pizzas? Do you guys like pizza? Yes. Who doesn't okay. like pizza. So pizza for dinner earlier. The longest line of pizzas in again the Guinness Book of World Records stretched um, at two hundred and twenty-one meters in the Italian quarter of Leichhardt, and it, uh, it is the longest line of pizza places in the world. Oh, I told pizza. Sorry, I totally copied and pasted that very poorly. It's the longest line of pizza places in the world, supposedly. So it's, so it's pizza straight, places, straight not actual pizza. pizzas. Yeah, it's just pizza yeah. places, like a chain of pizza places. So you That's don't where like you really get the variety, guys. Yeah, yeah. Not oh. Italy. Forget that. You can, you can do like a pub crawl, but with pizza. <gasps> I like that idea. That sounds like the best day of my life. Extreme pizza. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you bring your ironing board with you. <laughs> Somehow you got to figure out a way to remove all those pizza stains, but. That's not part of the ironing. That's okay. <laughs> there you, it doesn't matter if it's stained, just as long as it's not wrinkled. Um, bars are required to stable water and feed the horses of their patrons. So that is still a law in the books. And it is illegal to be drunk in a pub. 
What? Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't think that. How is that correct? Uh, they have a similar law in the UK, which you know they're all prisoners from the UK. But yeah, it's 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 true. It is illegal to be drunk in a pub. Now, do they actually follow that? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Considering these unless are Australians. Someone's being, yeah, unless someone's being a real asshole. They get that one American guy in the bar. They're like, this guy's just way too drunk to be here. We got to get him out of here. Well, I've I've heard that uh, the Australians can actually like drink us under the table. Like, oh, they I'm sure they're sure they level. There's nothing else to do but look at beautiful scenery and get drunk and fight kangaroos. So let's move. I'm like I'm going to Australia. Yeah, they got big spiders, man. I don't I don't do big spiders. <sighs> well, I've I've got some uh, interesting facts about that too. So I'll, I'll go on to the bazaar here. So after phasing out the Australian one and two cent coins in 1991, they were melted down and used in the Sydney 2000 Olympics as bronze medals and possibly condom wrappers. Kind of metals, you mean? <laughs> that's actually pretty cool. I mean, that's a good way. I wish they'd get rid of all our pennies. Yeah, no turn kidding. them into turn them into bronze medals. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know when. The, I guess I use pennies sometimes, but more just because they're there and you need to. But I, if they weren't there, it'd be nice. Yeah, they just kind of take up a lot of space when you get. Like, nine I know I have pennies. a change jar that's mostly full of things, but it's all. It, I could guarantee it's almost all pennies and probably not worth much. Yeah, you got a big milk jug, and it's worth like three bucks. Probably worth more to melt down the copper and turn that in. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I'll give that a try. So, yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> try not to burn anything down. Uh, in, 1950, in the 1956 Melbourne Olympics, a veter- veterinary student named Barry Larkin protested against the torch relay by carrying a fake flame consisting of a pair of underpants set on fire in a plum pudding can attached to a chair leg. He successfully managed to hand over the fake flame to the mayor of Sydney. Who punched him for making the air smell like shit. <laughs> I, that was actually kind of my thought. I'm like, are these clean underpants or not? So, I'd have to go with no. Yeah, some guy Why named Barry clean? Larkin. You would, you would really ruin your prank if they were clean underpants, I would think. But yeah, they can't be too dirty. Let's not be sickos here. <laughs> I mean, he was a veterinary student, so maybe he had some decency. Who knows? Um, In 2010, a group of four men attempted to ride their jet ski from London to Sydney, which is about 31,000 kilometers. I won't convert this to miles because I'm lazy. Uh, They did reach Greece before they ran into bad weather on the Mediterranean Sea and had their jet skis submerged, forcing them to call the Greeks Coast Guard for rescue. Idiots. Well, at least they got a trip to Greece. (laughs) Yeah. True that. Uh, might have, that might be a better trip. That yeah, I mean, uh, oh man, that sounds terrifying. Who would want to be in the middle of the ocean on jet skis? I'm just saying, um, people are crazy. Sharks, man. I'm uh, good. Yeah. No, thank you. I'd be more worried about the seagulls, to be honest. Those things are vicious assholes. I'd be more worried about like the waves and just the water. In <laughs> yes, yes, sir. You are correct. You got you to pass those things before any of the. The animals can hurt you. Saltwater, especially. I mean, that's pretty deadly shit. Mm-hmm. So I think the Australians have a, a fantastic sense of humor when it comes to uh, suburb names. They include Humpy Bong, Wulamulu, Nowhere Else, End of the World, Mount Buggery, 
an Ozenka Nuke, which means very fat kangaroo in the local Aboriginal dialect. So there's your kangaroo. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, wild. Uh, yeah. Here's. Uh, could you imagine having to write that on your address every time you had to fill out some sort of form? No, thank you. Yeah, uh, you'd have to say, I, I swear it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> or just shorten it to something and be like, it's the OZ. Don't worry about it. Um, the Sydney funnel web spider, here you go, has fangs larger than a brown. I've been waiting for the spiders. <laughs> just one, just one. Uh, has fangs larger than a brown snake's fangs. They are large enough to penetrate human toe and fingernails easily. Human death has also been known to occur within 15 minutes of its bite. Shit. Yeah, you know, Sydney sounded I like mean, fun until At least you go out quick. Probably really uh, painfully, though, because, I mean, if you're, it's yeah, a true. blood coagulant or something like that, and you just turn into a big jello cup, that would suck. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Pleasant. Let's not get bit by any spiders yeah. in, in Australia. Let's just not go. And because, yeah. yeah, no, no. Let's take our jet skis. But on the other hand, koalas sleep for 18 hours, meaning that over an average 10-year lifespan, they are only awake for about two and a half years. That sucks. Now, I did hear something that all koalas have chlamydia. I haven't confirmed that, but I have heard that. I've heard that, too. There's, like, this massive chlamydia outbreak with koalas because I I guess that's a thing with koalas. You have to check that out. Um, So I got a few more here, and then I'll be done. But the Australian coat of arms has a kangaroo and an emu on it. The reason being kangaroos and emos, e- emos, <laughs> not even, no, no one with a bad black hair haircut, um, like, and, uh, terrible piercings and black eyeliner emus can't go backwards. They can only walk or hop forward. Hmm. Yeah. So I think it's the idea That's that Australia is moving forwards. Um, Australia's first police force was a band of the 12, a band of 12 of the most well-behaved convicts. What? <laughs> <laughs> just like you guys watch out for these other cons and you don't let them do anything bad. Oh, you got it. Yep. Yeah, you you you've been good today and so now you'll police the rest of them. <laughs> this will go well. It's like the Stanford prison experiment all over. See, Australians are a different breed in America. That would have went really badly. <laughs> oh, dear lord. I didn't say if, yeah, much bigger scale there in Australia. Yeah, if you guys haven't to your listeners or my listeners or whoever's listeners, whoever's currently listening to this, uh, a podcast about something did uh, an episode on psychological experiments and the Stanford prison experiment was one of those. Listen to it. It is bananas. It's so wild. That was episode 47. It's only a couple weeks ago. Check it out. Yeah, it's great. Uh, So last one, and it it is one more law, supposedly. Um, I didn't double check these. I just took the website's word for it. Um, It was mental floss, to be fair. It is illegal to dress up as Robin and Batman. Fuck, looks like I'm going to jail. (laughs) Now, are you Robin or are you Batman? That's the question. I'm Batman. Calvin, does that make you Robin? He's He's Batman, too. He's Val Kilmer, Batman. Batman. I'm Christian Bale, Batman, because I'm way cooler. Uh, can I be Michael Keaton? Yes. 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 Val Kilmer, Batman, was the worst Batman. George yeah, Clooney. I think we talked about that when we were talking about the Riddler. Nah, Kilmer was worse. Clooney was fine. I like Clooney. Thank you. Thank you. Someone is on my side. 
Batman and Robin was a worse movie, but Clooney was better than Kilmer. Yes, he was 100%. Uh, but I'll Val, still take Val the Kilmer Adam West. Val Kilmer had a weird lisp the whole time. Because oh, he's Val Kilmer, that. bro. <sighs> I guess. He's the Iceman. <laughs> no? He lo- Top Gun? <laughs> no, I was, gonna, I was just thinking, they're making Top Gun 2, and if you haven't seen him, that dude oh, looks like shit. Oh my god. Oh, he got well. really big for a while. Yeah. I think he started to go back down. He got throat cancer. Like, he was, like, fighting that. Yeah, man. So he looks like 75 now, and Tom yeah. Cruise is over here like, what's up, bro? been 27 for his entire life. Scientology. Right? I was just going to say that. They've, they've cracked it. Bastards. Yeah, at least they can do one thing right. We're going to get so much hate from Scientologists and be like, Lord L. Ron Hubbard was the best. Don't you ever speak ill. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to listen to it first. And like, I'm not going to tag it with Scientology, so I don't think they're going to come across this. They're not allowed to listen to anything that, that they're not allowed to. So I think just talking about Australia, they're they're out already. <laughs> right. They're like, kangaroos go against our religion. I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't, they don't believe Australia exists, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> we're over that. We're good there. <laughs> All right. We're safe. We're cool. Uh, so that, that ends it for my boobs, booze, and bazaar on Sydney. I could do almost a whole episode on that place. It is insane. They're, they're so crazy down there. If only you had like some platform that you could discuss whatever you wanted on, then then maybe you could do that someday. <sighs> yeah, I'll have to have to keep my eye out for that one. Yeah. Good luck. Uh the the koalas so the koala chlamydia, coming right back to that real quick because I looked it up. Uh populations in Queensland have suggested at least half of wild koalas are infected with the disease, possibly even more. That's from the uh, New York Times. Oh. Huh. Lovely. I don't know I guess, how that happens. Yeah, they must get some serious action. Or there's one, you know, really bad person. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, they sleep. One guy fucked it up for the whole koalas. They sleep yep. for 18 hours of the day. So that other six and for five and a half. They're just banging. Yeah, they have <laughs> yes. to be. If, if it's spreading like that, that's all they're doing is eating eucalyptus and begging. At the same Maybe time. getting it from the eucalyptus. <sighs> Maybe we missed some. Biological warfare. Uh, one last thing before we all sign off we did uh, ask on Twitter what's some favorite obscure sports we got a little bit of feedback from the hashtag no offense show uh, fellow Florida podcaster there they're a huge fan of curling and uh, one star bizarre agrees with them like I don't I feel like curling is not obscure anymore like everybody when the Winter Olympic comes on everybody's into curling and it's because of the pants I swear to Mm. it's because of those darn pants that that was the only reason I I started noticing it brooms it's either I mean, skiing sport or curling. Where you just get the brooms. And uh, then from uh, Retrospection Radio, uh, he said, somebody said lightsaber dueling is starting to be recognized in some areas. It's which, true. Uh, like, sign me, sign me up for that. How, how do I get into lightsaber dueling? Because I think I could be good at that. Uh, the um, precursor to that was the, uh, this is a thing, the, you know, the cardboard rolls that you come in your wrapping paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, basically fencing with those is a sport. Uh, lightsaber sounds cooler. Yeah. Way cooler. Because it lights up and goes... <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the soundtrack to uh, the original Star Wars is playing in the background. Oh I would get God. so down on that. No, you gotta have Duel of Fates on. It's the only, it's the only song to lightsaber battle to. That's uh, the Darth Maul one at the end of episode one. Which is the only good part about episode one. I'm no, sorry. We'll discuss that. It's not, but we'll discuss that. Pod <laughs> racing is kind of tight, too. 
pod racing is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. There, there's a lot of cool stuff in episode one. It just gets lost amongst the not cool stuff. Yeah. That's a story for a different day. If only we had a platform to discuss it somewhere. <laughs> that's all I've got. That's all I've got. I think that's all I got too. Cool. Thanks to Carla from Go Postal Podcast for uh, joining us today. Uh, she's on a little hiatus right now on her podcast, but there is the feed still live. You can go check out all of her old stuff. And she told us she will be back in a few weeks with new episodes. And you can probably listen to this one again, which. If it was me, I'd listen to it again, wouldn't you, Nick? Yeah, two or three times, in fact. Um, she was definitely really fun to record with, so guys, check out that feed. Yep, thanks a lot. You can always follow us on Twitter at APA something, and uh, you can send us emails to a podcast about something. Just a reminder, we are doing life advice next week, so if you want our advice on anything, drop us an email or a tweet at uh, either of the things I just said, and uh, we'll give you our mostly terrible advice on how we think you should live your life. Yes, I mean, some advice is better than no advice, unless it's terrible advice. Yeah, we're going to see if, if that holds to be true or not. I cannot wait. All the music for a podcast about something is provided by those cats. And if you guys haven't yet, get on iTunes and review us, guys. We love them reviews, and you guys stay sassy. Stay close.